Hi, everybody. I'm Brad Behrens, Editor-in-Chief here at the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Welcome to IAB There, our daily live stream talk show where we talk uh, about what's going on in the interactive marketing industry uh, and we connect the different people who are a part of it. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Uh, today is Thursday, July 2nd. Our topic for today is the sharing economy's impact on the ad world. In a minute or two, we will welcome Ryan Gill. He is the CEO of Communo, which is a marketplace for uh, creatives, agencies, and as of yesterday, brands. Uh, and he'll tell us about that as we get going on our conversation. Before we get going with Ryan, I did want to talk briefly about a couple of things. First is IAB There is now available as a podcast. If you miss the audio, uh, excuse me, if you miss the live version and you want to catch up as you're exercising or doing dishes, you can now have us living inside of your ears. Go to iab.com slash podcasts, where you'll also find IAB Real, which is a weekly podcast featuring Randall Rothenberg, David Cohen, and Dennis Bookheim, uh, our CEO, the president, and, and the president of the IAB, and the president of the IAB Tech Lab. We also have an IAB policy podcast, which is being created by Alex Probst in our policy division, uh, with more to come. Uh, in addition to the podcast, if you ever do miss an episode of IAB There, you can get to it later on right here at iab.com slash there, where we have our entire archive of past episodes ready for you on demand. So uh, thank you as always for your attention uh, at any time. And now you have multiple ways of getting to us when you want to. Let's, uh, let's uh, start to get Ryan ready. But while we're waiting for Ryan Gill, again, the CEO of Communo to come, if you have questions for him, the way to pose them is on Twitter. And to do that, please use the hashtag IAB there, all caps, one word, and we'll uh, we'll wait for questions uh, sometime during the conversation. Ryan Gill, welcome to IAB there. Thanks, Brad, for having me. Happy to be here. Thank you. And you're coming uh, to us from Calgary. Is that right? That's that's right. Do you know where that is? Um, I know it's in Canada and I know that it's uh, <laughs> west of uh, west of New York. Let me let me help you. It's uh, right above Montana. It's uh, Western Canada. It's about ten hour drive from Vancouver. So it's uh, it's uh, sort of in the middle of middle west of of Canada. But uh, happy to be on right. the, the show. Well, like I said, most of our business is in the U.S. We have an office in New York and Austin, Texas. But I'm a proud Canadian. And yesterday was Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. Yes, so all of my Canadian friends were were uh, were celebrating yesterday, and we have uh, in our Independence Day coming up. Uh, in a couple of days, yes. um, uh, I'm in Oregon. I'm in Oregon, so I'm on your side of the Mississippi, uh, directly south of Vancouver. Um, so, Ryan, you're a uh, you're a, a very invested in having created a marketplace for uh, brands as of yesterday, agencies and creatives, and we're going to talk about what Communo is, but in a shortly, but what I want to talk about first is some of the research that we've been doing over the past few months, where with the impact of the pandemic uh, on uh, on the on the world, uh, as well as on the advertising industry, we started to see some interesting trends in spend. And we've done, I think, five spend pulses so far. In the early days, what we saw were a lot of our uh, brand friends pausing quite suddenly. Um, stopping campaigns, uh, 
And the, the reasons for these were, uh, were multiple, but one of the big reasons, and this is why we're getting to you with Communo, uh, one of the reasons was they simply didn't have appropriate creative for a world in quarantine. Uh, if you have a creative campaign and it has people in a bar, people on a beach, people uh, outside, uh, people touching, uh, suddenly those things uh, became uh, hard to 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 really be uh, placing inside of media. Yeah. And what we saw were short-term, uh, a real instance of brands leaning in to podcasts and search because those forms of creative were much easier to recreate quickly speaking with my friends at creative agencies while the media agencies were like we're kind of on pause right now the creative agencies uh, at that moment early in the pandemic were uh, were working harder than they've ever worked before uh, because they were frantically creating things so that's the the context that i bring to this conversation given what communo does which is to connect creatives with agencies and now brands were you seeing something similar yeah, let's me uh, set it up for you. It's, it's what you're saying is true. And uh, before we get into Communo, I'm also still the owner of a creative shop. I own a 50% stake in a good sized marketing firm called Call Collective. So I, collective. I was a, I was, I was, uh, I was about, you know, I, I knew that was happening. And for instance, um, we work with the LA Lakers uh, who clearly had no revenue. So they're, our work with them went to almost zero, but we also work with UCLA uh, Health, which is a, a great organization in LA. And we did more work than ever with them because we were scrambling to make sure the message was not tone deaf. We wanted to make sure we also had a voice. And so uh, I experienced what your uh, friends that are part of IAB uh, experienced. Although I am the CEO now of Communo, I still have a pretty big stake in a creative agency. And um, so it was tough. It, I think all of us felt it, right, Brad? It was it was a whiplash that no one was ready for, um, mm. but I think we're all better for it. And um, so, yeah, we saw that loud and clear, um, really cool things happened on our platform when that happened. Work still needed to get done, but people, they had let people go on mass. And so we found this huge surge on our platform. We have something called GMV, uh, gross market value. And on our platform, we're only two years old, two and a half years old. We were really happy with a day where we had two and a half, $3 million of work on the platform flowing through. Um, Pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. As of today, and yeah, pre-COVID, two to three million was a good, it's a good day. Uh, during COVID, it's, it's soared to a hundred million. And as of today, I, was, I think it was at 230 million. That those numbers are uh, astonishing, and they don't even feel real. When I open up the dashboard and see the work, it's an, it's unbelievable. So the power of remote working and sharing uh, and leaning into contingent workers and contingent creatives for agencies and for brands has been um, way more. Even though I'm in the business, uh, I'm genuinely optimistic and opportunistic about what's happened. It does suck what's happened in the world, but it's ushered in a world where we uh, have proven that we can, which I love about the creative industry, we can survive and even thrive. And uh, it's been, uh, it's been hard to watch. You know, I don't have all the answers I've been holding on. I'm in the trenches, uh, but I'm lucky to see both sides of it. I'm, I'm the CEO of one of the fastest growing platforms in the world for creators and advertising freelancers. I own a shop, which gives me uh, a view into both sides. 
So like the hair club for men, uh, you know, you're also a customer of your own platform. Uh, let, me, let me ask you, let's, couple, let's tease out a couple of things. Um, number one is you, you've gone from two or three million to over a hundred million. What exactly do those numbers mean? Like are those, are, those are jobs that agencies and now brands are putting into the marketplace and saying, here's what we need, here's our budget. And then people in your platform bid on those jobs. Yeah. And so we are a matchmaker only. We don't get involved in the transaction. We match talent to work and work to talent. And so, uh, yeah, those jobs, it's over 200 million now. Uh, but 200. when COVID hit, it, it's, it's, it's skyrocketed to 140. I remember the day I, I, we didn't know what was going on. We were ready for it to get bigger, but not to that extent. Uh, so our software engineers and, and the people handling the load of our servers was hard to keep up. It's a great story, but we weren't ready for it. Um, so the jobs, your question is, uh, one of the big things that I need to point out about Communo is we're not a, uh, by design, we're not a gig economy place. Uh, we're going to get there. Want, uh, no, no. Yeah, but no, no, let me, ju- let me jump in on that. So, okay. Yeah, the, 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 the no. jobs are 60, th- the average job is $60,000 to your point. Uh, what kind of jobs? They're, they're fairly large projects that people are not just hiring on a gig uh, thing, uh, they're, they're hiring them for three months, six month contracts. And uh, the types of jobs are everywhere from UX projects to copywriting to producing uh, shows like this. Um, people need to find uh, that talent that they uh, didn't used to need or maybe didn't have uh, in spades. And now they needed to go to a platform like ours to find it. So I want to dig in on that shortly, but I what I really want to talk about first is what we've seen throughout the pandemic is that the coronavirus accelerates trends that were already there. And I think the Communo is an example of that. We've seen for quite some time, uh, you know, creative agencies, large and small, um, leaning in on having a dispersed workforce where there are a core number of people who are sort of salaried and there all the time. Pardon me. And then um, when when the work volume increases, all of a sudden they have uh, a usually a trusted group of creatives that they've been working with for a long time who are there for overflow work. Um, what seems to have happened with Communo is that the overflow became a waterfall. Uh, in fact, Niagara Falls. Uh, and, and so but I'd love to see sort of your your perspective on Am I right that this is simply accelerating a trend that was already there? Yeah, you're right. You're also right in saying, and everyone watching knows, this isn't anything new. Freelance and um, contingent work in our industry, it was, you're right on, Brad. It was something that we did, but we didn't do it powered by technology. We did it through our networks and we didn't work uh, as efficiently on a global scale like, like Communo can and and does. And, um, we all know now that the best talent uh, may be in your four walls, but it's likely not. And the best talent can work wherever they want to now uh, with the proliferation of platforms. We're not the only one. There's some great ones out there that I always like to cheer on, like working, not working. Uh, we are rosy people. I really cheer on um, because we're all trying to solve the same problem, uh, getting the right talent to the right projects. And so you're bang on. It did accelerate it. Um, but I also, I was betting on this. I put my own money in. I walked away from a very successful agency to take on full-time 
role of CEO of this tech company uh, because we built it for ourselves, Brad. They say the best startups are ones you build for yourself. The hair club for men uh, is a funny analogy because my my business partner is bald and he's proud and he always actually <laughs> uses that. He uses that statement because Communo, uh, the first client of Communo was Cult, my agency, because we would have, you know, we would have 35 or 40 people and we were working with Home Depot and then one month we'd need 150 and the next month we'd have nothing. And then the next month later we'd have a little bit. And then the next month it would be so much. And so we actually built it out of a need for us that it's impossible to run our firms. I've been in the business 21 years now. Um, I, the days of, uh, AORs and, and long-term contracts aren't going away. They're gone. Uh, they're completely mm-hmm. gone. And when people argue me on that, I, I have too many people in my network to know it's true. When the 1% or 2% say, no, no, we have them. Well, that's not the mass. And so I speak for the uh, middle, the middle class and uh, there's no, there's no long-term contracts anymore. And also uh, it's expensive to fire people when, if you lose a client yeah. or the book of work, you know, uh, goes down suddenly, uh, and traditionally agencies will have to let people go. Uh, and it's, it, it's difficult to let people go. Uh, you know, there's severance, there's a lot of things. And so, um, and we're going to get to how it's good for the creatives, uh, with Communo, with the gig economy shortly, but it's also, I think what you're, one of the implications of what you're saying is that for an agency owner, uh, working with Communo means that you can onboard and offboard talent, um, much more quickly uh, and on a on a project basis. I believe it frees them up, Brad. It uh, it's it, you know when agency owners, big and small, this isn't just for we have we have agencies on our platform. There are thousands of employees, and we have agencies on our platform that have one or two. It right. frees you up to be to be um, able to say yes more often, and uh, and also to um, have the be able to sleep at night to not have overhead where you're going out to get jobs just because you have to pay for that person when it's really not in your core, you know, strike zone, but you got to take the job to keep that person busy. The, the game's changing. And I think, like you said, we're going to get to it later, but the creatives and the talent are in charge. And I think that's the way it should be. And uh, the best analogy for what you're talking about, I think, is Amazon Web Services, which Amazon yeah. started web services because they needed more capacity, particularly around the holidays. They wound up building excess capacity, which they then started renting out to people. And uh, AWS is now the most lucrative part of Amazon's rather formidable empire. And so so uh, when you were talking about creating something uh, that you would use as an agency owner, I think that's the clearest analogy. Um, I'd like to make a distinction now between what you're doing and, and what Uber does, for example. In, a, in another sort of sideline of my life, I'm a transportation researcher, I'm very skeptical nice. of, uh, of how Uber treats uh, its, uh, its drivers. Uh, you know, it sort of tr- tries to teach them to think of themselves as entrepreneurs, but then it, you know, Uber, the algorithm really controls a lot of what they're doing. It's not just me uh, who thinks that I'm going to hold up a book this is uh, Alex Rosenblatt's truly brilliant book, uh, Uberland, about the gig economy with Uber as an example. Um, but so what you were saying this earlier, and I think it's worth digging in on, you're not talking about $5 rides uh, going from you know one coffee shop to another. You're talking about substantial projects that, and, I, and I'm curious, uh, you, know, you said 60, like the average was something like $60,000, but talk about the range of projects yeah. that Communo is servicing to uh, to its creators. First of all, 
first of all, because I like watching webinars that we don't always agree on stuff. And uh, so I want to make sure we have a, a spirited conversation here. And so take this with respect. But I have a problem with books like Uberland. I've never read it. But I, uh, when, when people start slapping around progress, um, I don't think Uber's got everything right. But as a customer, I certainly like Uber much better. Uh, do I think people are being treated poorly? Yes. Can we fix it? Yes. Should we all be thanking Uber? Yes. So um, that's why I also uh, have a, I picked a fight with uh, Fiverr and uh, Upwork. Uh, I have executive friends that work at those companies, and I love them to death. They know that. They know me. Uh, but I hate their business. Um, but I also give them props for progress. And uh, they know they're my enemy, but I wouldn't be here today if they didn't go before me. So I want to state that first. Secondly, um, and I say that with respect because I don't book, but uh, sometimes we always look at something. It's easy to pick a, you know, pick, take pot shots at someone that has done something amazing. I don't, I don't like that. Secondly, at the same point, to contradict myself, I had a problem with it too. I didn't want uh, jobs on our platform, any of them, to be under five thousand dollars. I thought that was about what a creative should make in a month or a couple months. And any project on our platform, we put the slider. Uh, for the for the budget for those providing jobs that can't go below five thousand dollars so uh, we set the tone also what we did brad uh, which was very contrarian was i read a book uh by nazim talib called skin in the game have you read that uh, i've read other books by uh nicholas yeah. Talib, but not that one a- a- amazing book and one of the points in it when i was launching communo was skin it was just a skin in the game the assessance was you got to pay to be part of something or you have to have some sort of skin in the game to take it seriously and most platforms that i'm up against say it's free therefore you know you get this uh you know there's tons of work there but it's not desirable work and then it's not free. Uh, the platform's taking a huge cut in the back end, so it's more expensive. And Communo made a big difference. $5,000 minimum for a project. And everyone pays on the platform, supply side and demand side. Uh, we took a lot of heat for that out of the gate, uh, but we believed our operating model of everyone contributes was important. I watched my so did, great brand. Does Communo take a like, cut? Like no, of the $5,000 gig? No. We don't we don't get involved oh. in the transaction. We are we're a subscription based platform. Uh, it's up it's an uphill battle, but I watched what Costco did. I watched what Bezos did with uh, Amazon Prime, and I said, you know, people will value uh, something if we provide liquidity. Our product is is great. Our product can get better. We're still early. It can get better, but in a marketplace, liquidity is your product. And you just heard me use the numbers. We're just getting started. It will easily be a billion dollars of deal flow in the next few years. And that's our product. And I believe that you should pay to have access to that. And it's the same game as Costco played. They can provide great product at a lower price because they uh, charge a subscription. And same with Amazon with Prime. They can deliver it overnight because they're charging us potentially too much. Uh, but we all pay for uh, convenience. And that's what Camino is. You, you nailed it earlier. I love what you said. It's really, we became a warehouse for talent. And uh, we are able to deliver that really fast. That's exciting. Um, I, I will say, uh, yeah. in, in defense of uh, Alex Rosenblatt um, uh, and her book, uh, she's talking not about the uh, extraordinary product and customer experience that Uber and Lyft create, but about the their, their labor practices uh, and the labor practices that sort of uh, go underneath that product, uh, which in fact, I think is a distinction from what you're talking about 
uh, with Camino. I, I sincerely, so, I, I sincerely, I, I think it's a great book. I'm sure it's a great book. I just, my point was, uh, you know, with progress, it's always messy. And so I, I don't know the guys at Uber. Actually, Garrett, Garrett Camp is also Canadian and he's from Calgary. I don't know if people know that. The, the founder of Uber is from my hometown where I'm sitting today. And besides Travis, Garrett Camp was the founder. And I just always want to praise progress. Of course, there's shit to fix, but hopefully I'm allowed to say that. So there's stuff to fix. Um, anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get that book because I like, I like uh, being challenged. It's, uh, and Alex is a woman, by the way. Uh, and, and yes, you're allowed to, to say uh, the, the S word. Uh, we're not uh, subject to broadcast standards. Uh, thank heavens. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so COVID, you're in, the, you're in the sort of delicate position of you know, the coronavirus being terrible for the species and terrible for the industry, uh, but Camino's really uh, benefited from it and, and in, in turn is benefiting, uh, you know, of creative agencies uh, because of it. Like, where do you see the company going over the course of like the, well, I mean, we could say the next year, but I would say like between now and whenever there's a cure, how, what, what do you think is gonna be happening to, with Camino and with the industry? And then any speculations about sort of the post-pandemic time, whenever that might come. Yeah, let me give you um, numbers because numbers matter more than my opinion. Um, so we just came out of Q2 uh, two days ago. Our, our revenue, which we were already killing it, and we're a small, small startup, but we were killing it. Our revenue is up over 100%. That's our revenue, not the GMV I spoke about earlier. Um, so there's an appetite for it. We're going into Q3 where we're opening up to brands, uh, which the market clearly is 100x. Um, so I'm optimistic and the team is, the, the calls are amazing. We were talking earlier about brand, uh, our brand beta launch. We are only allowing 150 brands to basically co-create the platform with us. And we announced it yesterday and there's no more room. And uh, I don't say that with arrogance. I say that with humility. It's like, wow, there's clearly a demand. Um, and the beta is back to my, uh, skin in the game. The beta is not free. They pay to be on the platform in the beta to help us co-create it. So looking out, uh, forecasting it a bit, because I'd love to do this. So thanks for asking me. Um, I think office centricity is over. And so the what, say that again? ability What's over? office, office centricity. So office looking in the office. Yes, and uh, that is bad for me because I own commercial buildings personally in my holding company. Um, but I'm happy about where it's going. I still think offices will be part of the game. It just won't be the centric. Uh, and then with that, the echo effect of that, if you're asking my prediction, is people will get – and agency owners and brands will get more comfortable and trust people to work from home. Therefore, they'll be more comfortable to rethink the FTE full-time uh, employee – set up and i think the most enlightened brands the most enlightened agencies will move from five to ten percent using you know um uh freelancers or contractors because a lot of you know the industry well a lot of us and i'm me included uh we say not build here if it's not built here in the house and they're not full-time it's uh it's not good and i think that will change uh, to like i don't want to be a heretic but I love posterity. I think that 40 to 50% of firms will mix to a, uh, you know, a mix of the between fun and contract talent will be very great. And uh, just to, to talk for a moment about you open the platform to brands. And so what this means is that 
you know, brands that have creative work they need to have done uh, can go directly to talent and bypass a creative agency in general. So it sounds like you're in a bit of a conflict um, as a yep. person who's got a stake in, in a cult collective uh, and yet also as a CEO of Communo. So wearing your cult collective hat, uh, this seems bad. Uh, so yep. you know, why open your platform to brands? Great, great, uh, great question. Great, great statement. Um, thought this through. Uh, how we set the platform up is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Bumble, it's a dating app where basically the females uh, can only message the males. And uh, so we have that set up in the platform. Agencies will be the only people that can approach uh, brands for now. Um, brands can go direct to talent, but the back and forth uh, will be uh, open to agencies. Um, the early indications are that, especially in our industry, and you know this probably better than me, you're a smart guy, we've operated in this spirit of scarcity and the sharing economy and the platform economy is abundance. It's a, it's a global uh, platform that we're building and I think there'll be more work than ever. And at the end of the day, we serve customers, agencies, and the internet has been um, such a catalyst to eliminate agency. We've heard that lots. You've seen it. Um, we would be silly not to uh, get on board with it and be part of the change rather than have it happen to us. We all know the stories of Netflix walking into blockbusters offices. And uh, I would, this should be a word to the wise and a shot across the bow that uh, the, the, the agencies on our platform there's hundreds and hundreds of them and tens of thousands of freelancers. They believe it's the future and they want to be part of it. They are not afraid of scarcity or losing their clients. Um, they're believing that this will catapult them to, uh, you know, I believe in capitalism, the best agency and the best talent will win. You don't join a platform and just instantly become successful. You still have to work. And from the brand side, we're two days into this, Brad, but, We've been talking to brands for six months. Um, they're telling us we need their agencies to join because we're sick of paying for people that we're not using and they know it. And so do we hide from it or do we lean into it? I think the answer is the, la the latter. So let, let's just, as we start to wind up, I want, I have a, a sort of a, a, a trend question and then a fun question. The trend question is uh, we have seen, if we've been watching the news, uh, a new surge, uh, particularly in uh, certain parts of the U.S., uh, Georgia, Arizona, Texas, California. Texas, yeah. uh, and and so um, the creative. I suspect that there's a slight lag, but it, my guess is that on your platform, uh, you've seen uh, a sudden surge of interest in agencies tweaking creative as the political climate has changed and as the incidence of infection have changed. Am I right? Are you, do, have you seen, is what are you, does, does churn on your platform uh, indicate something about the rest of the world? Clarify a bit more. I think I understand, but maybe just be a bit more pointed in that. So your, your platform accelerated when a bunch of campaigns had to hit pause because they didn't have, uh, they didn't have appropriate creative. We then yeah. uh, flattened the curve largely in this country, uh, but then reopened perhaps precipitously. And we're now seeing infection rates spike. And so at the moment where a lot of 
clients would have been uh, creating ads around reopening, creating, creating ads around uh, you know the next phase. Suddenly, we're back in quarantine and shutdown is is, yeah. uh, is resuming. I was just wondering if you are tracking churn on your platform. Yeah, and if you, if yeah, no, no, it's it's exploding still, and there there hasn't been a, I don't think because it's spotty. Uh, first of all, I want to make sure everyone listening knows I. Uh, yeah, we've had great success. It's a horrible cost that it came at, and uh, our, our whole team, our executive team, are empathetic people. Um, but I believe some good and silver lining come out of this that we are learning to that we can survive and we can um, do things. Uh, humans are amazing people, and we can do things another way. We're innovative, and so no, I haven't seen. Especially, we have an office in, in Austin, right? Um, so I'm very aware of what's going on there. It's not good. Uh, but no, the signups continue to skyrocket and the interest is there. People realize I, I, even with COVID and what's happening, they want and they understand it's a global world we live in now. The days of nationalism, although it's very um, seductive. And, uh, you know, I just was cheering on Canada today to be a Canadian. But we clearly live in a global market and those that can uh, – not just compete, but excel in a global market on a platform like ours are going to win. I want to be also very clear. We are building something that isn't just a give and get work model. Uh, we are um, building a category creator. We will have schools. Uh, we will have students, media on our platform. It's a very fra it's a very fragmented business. You're part of it now, Brad. Uh, our mission is to unify the whole industry. And uh, that's a big mission, and it might take us many years, but definitely COVID hastened that. And to your question, it hasn't slowed down as people got back to work, and now it hasn't picked up either. I think it's a new norm, and uh, I don't think that's sad. I think that's the silver lining. Clearly, it's sad that people have lost their lives. I'm heartbroken. I know people. It's not good, um, but there is a silver lining. Well, I think we're going to end there. Ryan Gill, CEO of Camino, uh, with that ambitious statement for the future. Uh, I'll be tracking your success and looking forward to hearing more from you. Thank you so much for joining us on you. IE there. Um, I'm going to do the credits now. Uh, I want to let everyone know that uh, in observance of the 4th of July holiday, there will not be an IE there show tomorrow. Uh, we will return next week with exciting guests that include Robin Streisand, the founder and president of Titanium Worldwide, Rob Smith, the CEO and founder of The Fluid Project, Quentin Moreau DeFarges, head of the creative strategy for North America at Gameloft, Cassius Casey, global CEO of The Engine Group, and Jennifer Johnson, founder and CEO of Tressel. Um, please, uh, we look forward to uh, having some of your attention next week. Please join us. Ivy There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, and Tofika Mohinadin. I'm Brad Behrens, Editor-in-Chief here at the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us. Come back next week, because if it's 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, you know it's time to IAB there. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>